Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is WFMP-LP Louisville, and, uh, of course, we're broadcasting on 106.5 FM. Now, if you go to forwardradio.org, go to that website, uh, You'll be able to find our schedule, all the other programming, and we're live streaming now. So you can go to that website, click on a button, and you can listen to us uh, uh, on your smartphone, PC, uh, iPad, uh, uh, from anywhere in the world. Again, I'm K.A. Owens, and you're listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. And we've got a, a citizen, uh, uh, going to have some citizen comment here today. We've got Paul Holman. Welcome to our show, Paul. Thank you. So, Paul, uh, from a, a distant ordinary citizen's point of view, there's just so much going on, you know, locally, uh, statewide, uh, nationally, internationally. So, in your mind, uh, uh, what are some of the some of the hot topics? Uh, some of the things that uh, uh, that interest that interest you as a citizen? Well, you're right. You opened up a can of worms there. Uh, I think I would start with the uh, post election issue of uh, of uh, our dear esteemed leader currently not want to uh, acknowledge that he lost the election and um, enabling the next president to come in smoothly to, to uh, assume power, which is a tradition that we've had for over 200 years. And uh, uh, in these kind of delicate times, I think it's uh, important to continue that smooth transition. So... Well, I think that uh, that would actually benefit the people of the country, but the the current occupant of the White House uh, is so self-centered as a human being that uh, is psychologically unable to uh, even comprehend what it is that you are talking about. Uh, And so uh, never have the American people elected someone who uh, was so poorly qualified uh, by any metric for the position. Uh, right. And so, not in yes, oh, ever historically. Uh, yeah. uh, so uh, that's, and you know, sort of the administration goes out as it came in, I mean, uh, uh, so uh, which is sad. Which is sad. Uh, so um, uh, we do have uh, new people coming in. Uh, uh, well, but then again, you know, it's hard to call uh, Joe Biden new. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He's been in Washington for a long time, and and there's two sides to that. Um, you know, he does have the experience necessary to at least allow the country to continue. Uh, he is actually interested in trying to include everybody, or at least he says. And um, I do agree, though, that he's been in Washington for like 47 years, and that's a long time for any any job. And uh, 
honestly, it would be nicer if we had uh, younger people uh, with uh, some more energy and uh, some newer uh, ideas up there. But I think that'll happen soon. And I'm very uh, heartened by uh, Kamala Harris being the vice president for, for so many reasons. Uh, being a woman, uh, uh, African-American and an Indian woman. Uh, but more than that, she's, um, I think she's really qualified. Um, and she's got uh, a, lot, a lot on the ball. So uh, if something were happened to Joe Biden, at least we know that things will still be kept together. So um, I also want to say that uh, one of the reasons I like Kamala Harris when she was on the stump was that she always wore Converse shoes with her, uh, <laughs> instead of like high heels or something, you know. And uh, I, that's something for me that I can relate to. Um, you know, it's just more about comfort and about uh, practicality than about, you know, looking looking good. So, um, but uh, I do think, too, the issue with uh, well, Trump uh, and his, his base was his uh, stoking up the, uh, the radical right, the white supremacist, the... Um, you know, the people who are looking to go back to this mythical 1954, um, but uh, he's, he's kind of, uh, you know, opened up Pandora's box, and, and there's no quick way to put this back back in it. I think he's given license for a lot of people to become extremely abusive and just act out. Um, and, you know, I was at a lot of these protests downtown, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody who was there, but, um, you know, when the white militants started showing up and, and all these people carrying guns on either side, I just thought that it was uh, kind of scary. And I thought that it was, you know, there were kids there, there were grandmas there, there, there were a lot of people who, uh, you know, were interested in justice, but they didn't have to, uh, you know, bring a firearm. So that for me, I just think uh, it sets a dangerous precedent because when you have a gun, you use it. And we even saw that, uh, you know, several people have been killed down there. And uh, it's scary as heck. So, uh, right. It does seem like a retreat to the uh, 19th century. Uh, so uh, even past the 1950s with everybody carrying a gun. Uh, sure, sure. That is, uh, President uh, Andrew Jackson said that uh, he never met a Kentuckian that didn't have a a gun, a deck of cards, and a bottle of whiskey. And so... Uh, yeah, well, I haven't heard that, but I have it. Andrew Jackson was a, um, a very special breed of person. Um, not our best president, but uh, and I actually look forward to him uh, getting taken off the $20 bill and Harry something going on there. I think he's on the 20 isn't he? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, too, uh, something else I think uh, is kind of significant that I'm paying attention to or rather upset by is, um, you know, after I, I was a big uh, supporter of Charles Booker, um, I thought he was vastly uh, capable, very energetic. He was out there. I saw him down at the protest many times, um, and he, he barely lost. And I really can't help but feel like... Um, you know, Amy McGrath and, and uh, Mitch McConnell were never down there. And, 
mean, I can't help but feel that we would have had a much tighter race if Booker had been the, nom- the Democratic nominee for Senate. But I don't think his career is over by any means. I think he'll, he'll go out and do a lot more. Uh, he still has uh, got a lot going on. Um, I'm actually still, you know, in his uh, on his email list and has done a couple of Zoom calls with his, his group, the Hood to the Holland. So uh, I, what kind of has been disappointing to me is are the actions of uh, Daniel Cameron, our uh, uh, attorney general, um, who seems to go out of his way to um, kind of support the Republican side of things, um, push for, he says he's not running for any other office, but it's pretty obvious that he is. And, um, uh, you know, he, he goes out of his way to uh, just antagonize things like me. Um, and I was, like I said, I was very disappointed with the uh, grand jury investigation that he handled. Um, the things that he allowed to be introduced as evidence, the things that um, he allowed the people to, to the grand jury to uh, decide on, uh, so much of the testimony uh, and the evidence that was available, uh, he cherry-picked so that certain conclusions were going to be drawn. And I'm afraid he may have uh, forced himself to not be able to be reelected. Um, he's, he's kind of chosen the wrong path, I would say. Well, he's d- he's doing a couple things that are problematic. One is his uh, mishandling, of course, of the Breonna Taylor case. Two is his attacking Governor Bashir's ability to manage this pandemic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that is totally, uh, completely wrong. All the legal right. uh, challenges are completely spurious. And right. uh, uh, yeah, the judge did throw out. You uh, did say that the, the governor has the uh, the right to uh, pass any, you know, uh, make any rules in order to protect the people of the state. That's his job. And uh, I I just don't, you know, uh, I don't want to wish harm on anybody. But, but I really wish that more people would wear masks and be careful, so that my family and my friends won't get sick. Um, I know a lot of people who've gotten sick. I know a couple of people who have died from the coronavirus. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, you have to be extremely careful about that. And so um, uh, his behavior is completely wrongheaded. And sometimes I wonder, though, about I don't think that Cameron has a base of his own. That is, uh, I didn't know who Cameron was. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm born and raised in Louisville, and I'm active uh, on various issues in the community. I never heard of him. Well, I haven't really heard of him either. I know that he was a Democrat until he was handpicked by Mr. McConnell uh, to become sort of a protege, and he switched over to the Republican Party. And in a, in a red state like Kentucky, that is expedient for getting elected in the short term, but I think in the long term, I don't think it will serve him very well. Well, his problem. Um, I do know that Donald, yeah, go ahead. What I was going to say is that he doesn't have his own base. That is the only reason he won is because uh, uh, McConnell put his hand on his on his shoulder and said, "Hey, this is my guy." And right, so right. he he didn't create his own base. 
And so whether if, uh, you know, McConnell had a stroke or died or turned on him, I don't know whether he can maintain his career. Because he, oh, he, I agree. I, I agree. I think he's made a lot of bad decisions and a lot of short-sighted ones. Um, and he, like, well, you know, I'm not, not trying to cast aspersions, but, you know, I don't think Amy Grant, McGrath ran a very uh, dedicated campaign uh, or a very uh, aggressive one. And I don't think that she uh, reaffirmed, you know, her faith either. I think, it, um, you know, in the long run, uh, I think that many of these politicians are relying on the uh, advice of career politicians um, which may not be as useful anymore as it used to be. Well, they're relying on uh, campaign consultants, uh, you know. Right. And right. here's the thing about Allison Lundigan Grimes and Amy McGrath. They had a limited vision about how to win a statewide race. That is, right. the truth is, mathematically, you could win statewide in Kentucky by having Louisville, Lexington, and the Blue Pockets perform or overperform. That's how Andy right. Bashir became governor. That right. is, neither right. Allison nor uh, Amy did anything to maximize the potential of Louisville and Lexington. They didn't have a message to inspire Louisville and Lexington and the Blue Pockets to overperform. They... they because I feel, this is my personal opinion, neither Allison nor Amy McGrath wanted to embrace or be fully embraced by the black, the brown, the gay, the Hispanic. They really wanted in their hearts to win with the small town and rural white vote. Yeah. They yeah, wanted to win that right. way. And... Right. Uh, they wanted to win that way. And that was the only way psychologically, spiritually, they were willing to win. So in a very real sense of the word, uh, when I say word, I mean waste, both Allison and Amy tro chose to waste millions of dollars uh, by limiting their vision of how to win. In other words, they chose to lose because they only wanted to win with, you know, majority small-town rural white vote, you know, sort of the, the Mayberry vote, the Andy Griffith vote, and they really didn't want to be fully embraced by the urban, uh, the black, the brown, the gay. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and I do think anybody who was in the street this year would uh, definitely see the tide was turning, that the, uh, the activism of people of color, and especially black women, uh, they, they're the, the votes that uh, pushed, you know, pushed Joe Biden over the top. Um, I think that's the reason we won, uh, that uh, Georgia went blue, you know, that, that and, and there's young, there's a young vote now that, that I think both of them, yes, failed to uh, attract at all. Um, and again, you know, um, we got Miss McConnell for six more years, but after that, I think he's done for. You know, it's a slow process to switch, uh, switch uh, the, the opinions of, of large groups of people, but I think it can be done. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's what Booker proved. What Booker proved was you don't, it's not necessary to write off the small town and rural vote. That well, he is, did really well in Appalachian. He really did. Exactly. Because um, he, he had a message. Yeah. Right, and he was willing to go there and meet with them one-on-one. And I think that's a pretty brave thing to do, and it's not something that a politician who's either in the city, uh, like uh, McGrath, and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Lundergan Grimes, she, she was good, but she comes from a family. You know, Jerry Lundergan was her dad, and they were sort of career machine Democrats, and I just think uh, that they just, you know, Followed the line, took the line, and, and they kind of—that's why they kind of lost the election. I, I don't know that Amy McGrath is honestly as smart as Allison was, but who knows? I don't know enough about Amy. I—I I, I didn't get to hear from much from her. I do know that I heard a lot from Charles Booker, uh, and and I liked everything he was saying. And he was, you know, a very aggressive politician, and he had to give up his state senate seat in order to run for uh, the national Senate seat. And now, at the end of the year, I believe, after this legislature is over, he won't have a position anymore. That was a a house seat, a state house house, seat. And just as a note for people listening uh, across the country, uh, Allison Lundegan-Grimes was a former Kentucky Secretary of State uh, who ran for the Senate against... uh, Mitch McConnell uh, the last time. Right. And so, and of course, uh, Amy McGrath, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Marine Corps, retired, ran against Mitch McConnell for the United States Senate this time, this year, 2020. And she got more money than any other Senate candidate in the entire country, I believe. And so there was a lot of interest in getting rid of Mitch so I, I think, yes, the evidence says that she did not run a very good campaign or, or whoever was advising her was not doing a very good job. Exactly, and the person advising her probably got paid six figures for the campaign. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so uh, not that I'm against people getting paid, but uh, they, if they're going to get paid, they need to uh, deliver, as they said. Uh yeah. So, uh, so we've got, uh, oh, and we can't sort of bypass the fact that neither Allison Lundgren Grimes or Amy McGrath wanted to look their own people in the eye and say, hey, white supremacy may be working for some people, but it's not working for you. So, uh, that is, Amy and Allison never asked their own people uh, to do better, to rise above, you know, what they may have been taught by their parents or their culture. She never asked them. I don't want to speak to their personal beliefs because I really don't know them that well, but I do think, again, that the advice they were receiving was to uh, run a very centrist campaign, not to be inflammatory. I know that Booker would have run on a, a, a very vigorous, uh, you know, anti-discrimination, uh, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of, of, of platform, 
And I think it would have had real legs. I really, like you said, if you can mobilize the blue areas around Louisville, Lexington, northern Kentucky, and the few pockets in uh, the Appalachian, I think we could have done it. Possibly Paducah as well. I really don't know. Exactly. That's how, uh, you know, uh, uh, when Bevan was running against Bashir in 2019, Bevan... Uh, 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 won over a hundred counties. He just didn't win the right ones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm, in order, I just have to say I have to kind of believe in God because thank, thank the heavens that Mr. Bevin did not get reelected. We would be the worst pandemic state in the entire country right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The death rate would be uh, exponential under Bevin's leadership yeah. not yeah. only because of his philosophy but because of his lack of competency so uh, so absolutely yeah, I do think too Bashir has really stepped up uh, his uh, conference, news conferences every day um, he, he has a very reassuring tone he's, he's very level headed uh, there's been some opportunities sometimes when people were chanting outside or making a lot of noise uh, these lawsuits that have been thrown up against him, and he pretty much maintained a very, very level, uh, a very uh, calm demeanor. And, and, and in a pandemic and in a, uh, a dangerous situation like this, the the person who's holding uh, the wheel uh, needs to be very calm and collected, and they reassure people. Um, and that's something that you know Trump did not do nationwide for the pandemic. I, 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 I just think that he really fanned the flames instead because I think he thought that was the way to re-election. Well, Trump uh, felt like if instead of accepting the responsibility that goes along with being president and leading, he felt that if he turned it over to the governors or at least said he was turning it over to the governors, that he could uh, escape blame for... uh, the death rate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, uh, so that's another sign of his sort of character and personality. Uh, uh, and of course, as president, when you have a pandemic, there's no way you can escape responsibility. If you're, right. go- if right. you're going to lead on the issue or you're not. And, you know, uh, when Biden was in the previous administration with Obama, they did have a pandemic office. They did have at least some guidelines in place. And that pandemic office was closed down very early on in the Trump administration. Um, And I think, you know, uh, being prepared is a good idea. Oh, that is uh, true. Uh, That is, I was at a... uh, a funeral, a black funeral, maybe over a year ago, and and the uh, the wise black women were sitting up in the right front corner, and so I went to sit with them because I wanted to hear the wisdom, and, uh, and one of the wise black women said, "We need to get that old white man in there talking about Biden, so people can uh-huh. so people can get uh-huh. a chance to breathe, so people can relax." Because uh, Trump, she said, has got us all on edge 24 hours oh, yeah. a day. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he 
really like to do that. Yeah. And so uh, Trump maintains a high level of stress and tension. Uh, and so what she, uh, she said was that let Biden stay in there for four years and we can all relax, have a chance to breathe, you know, you know, so on and so yeah, forth. I, I, I think that while I'd like to take a small time to breathe, I still feel like we've got to keep up the pressure uh, because it would be too easy for an old politician to try to go back to some old ways. Um, I think right now uh, we need to push forward uh, radically with uh, uh, a a police oversight board, um, uh, putting a bunch bunch of money back in the economy. Um, You know, the the general welfare of the nation, it's kind of a long-term benefit, uh, but it's something that you have to jump on from day one and keep going solid for four years make any kind of a dent in it. Um, so I, 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 would, I would love to sit back and relax, and I'll, I'll be happy that I don't have to listen to crazy uh, tweets every day. But um, uh, I don't want to lean back too far because the pressure's got to be kept up, uh, you know, to insist on a bunch of change and a bunch of uh, uh, more reasonable environmental decisions, things like that push our country further well if Georgia turns out it just so happens that you have those two United States Senate seats that are going to be voted on on the same day one because of uh, I guess runoff and uh, elections and that type of thing so both those seats go blue and then Mitch McConnell is no longer majority leader uh, Biden and Kamala really need to get cracking on climate change, uh, double the minimum wage. Uh, these are things that should have been done already. Uh, uh, a unified pandemic re- response. And also, uh, the Supreme Court has already been packed. And so to unpack it, so to speak, it needs to go to 11 and they need to do it as quickly as possible. If those two Georgia Senate seats go blue, which there's a very good chance of them doing, then there'll be, be no excuse. The, the Supreme Court needs to go, to go to 11, I mean quickly uh, uh, as possible. Uh, the minimum wage needs to be doubled to $15 an hour. Uh, I agree there. And those are things that the Democratic Party should have done a long time ago. And also, for instance, uh, the uh, the Voting Rights Act needs to be repaired uh, immediately. Uh, and also, the Affordable Care Act, I mean, it is inexcusable that, you know, certain states were able to opt out of expanded Medicaid when one of the best things that happened to the United States in the past 20 years was the Affordable Care Act, including expanded Medicaid. And so there shouldn't be, you know, because the state has, a, you know, conservative government, it doesn't have the right to say, well, poor people, because we're conservative, poor people don't get medical care. No, no, no. So, uh, uh, so expanded Medicaid 
all 50 states, no exceptions, including Puerto Rico, Guam, and the territories, of course. So, uh, I, I, uh, I, I think that as far as healthcare is concerned, uh, you know, it's, it's like with uh, neonatal care, uh, taking care of a pregnant woman before she gives birth. Uh, but the cost to uh, take provide good medical care to produce a healthy child is so much cheaper than having to take care of a newborn baby that's ill. And by the same, uh, but in the same way, if you take care of people up front, they don't have to end up uh, putting off getting health care until it's an emergency situation and costs much, much more, both for themselves and for the country. So I, I think, again, the health care needs to be pushed uh, incredibly hard very soon. So, folks, uh, you've been listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens. We're on 106.5 FM Forward Radio. You've been listening to our guest, Paul Holman. Thank you, Paul, for being here with us today. Thank you, K.A. You're, you're a good guy.